Day number 149. At Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Um, let me play. There's, there's a couple of stories out there that should scare the hell out of anybody that believes in liberty and freedom and freedom of speech. And, you know, you've got Adam Kinzinger is out there saying profit driven radio shows help turn the GOP into a victimized group of people. Uh, OK, uh, let's listen to his words. Of course, he's on with Chucky e. Todd on Meet the Press. Did Donald Trump reveal what the Republican Party is or change it? You know, I think it's actually a little of both. So I think on the one hand, Donald Trump is a symptom of years and years of leaders, um, you know, profit driven radio shows, whatever, turning the base into this angry, fearful, you know, victimized group of people who are saying, look, oh, you can never get a fair shot. You know, as time goes by, you're going to lose more and more political uh, power. Keep in mind, Republicans still won just about half of every races. But then Donald Trump came along, and I think unintentionally, because I think he just wanted to be, you know, that guy, right. unintentionally got in front of a wave where people wanted somebody to blow stuff up. I think it's a little of both. I think they it's it's fed off each other. Then you've got the disgraced former number two, Andrew McCabe at the FBI, uh, and if you go back and look at the inspector general report, it's not like this guy is uh, exactly the right person. He was fired as the deputy FBI director for leaking sensitive information about the investigation into the Clinton Foundation. Uh, he was referred to the DOJ uh, to be investigated. Of course, there's a two tier justice system, so nothing happens. Only only conservatives get arrested for for lying to the FBI. Um, but anyway, but that's what he was referred for doing. He likened conservatives to members of the Islamic caliphate quote i can tell you from my perspective of spending a lot of time focused on the radicalization of international terrorists and islamic extremists and extremists of all types is that this group shares many of the same characteristics as those groups that we've seen radicalized along entirely different ideological lines and he goes on to basically compare conservatives to domestic terrorists. McCabe asserted that the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI need to stop merely focusing on the fringes of the right wing movement in order to catch the threat of the right. Are you going to catch this threat if you focus if your focus is only on the traditional right wing extremists, those groups that we know about the quote unquote fringes of the right wing movement? By the way, what about the left wing movement? What about the radicals? What do we want? want dead cops when we want them now or antifa or any of these other groups anyway he continues uh and goes on to say it's entirely possible that when the intelligence community and law enforcement community looks out across the this mainstream he continued they didn't assume on january 6th that a group of people business owners white people from the suburbs educated employed presented a threat of violence uh now we know very clearly that they do and he wants to get around the constitutional obstacles. This was all in the Federalist, a very, very powerful piece that restrict abuses of federal agencies. And he wants to grant the feds more power to spy and punish extremists, a.k.a. conservatives, uh, by implementing federal penalties against, quote, domestic terrorism. I, I mean, how do we define any of this? You know, how, how do you define just as being conservative? Are you have you ever been a Donald Trump supporter? Is that where this is now heading? You know, proposing laws against, you know, I, 
freedom of speech, etc. These are pretty scary times. Anyway, joining us now, Carol Roth is an entrepreneur, host of her own podcast, The Roth Effect. Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, columnist for The Hill, who certainly should have his own media show on the Fox News channel. I'm, I'm advocating hard for it. I want him to have it. He deserves it because he's the only media person of uh, somebody that follows the media that actually tells the truth. How are you, sir? Wow. Do I have to give you 10% if I end up getting this show? I mean, is this what you're saying? No, the standard, the standard fee would be 20%, but I might give you a slight discount to 18%. <laughs> wow. How many yachts can you order ski behind, Hannity? How much uh, is enough? I, okay, okay, yacht? I, no, that would be Leonardo DiCaprio. I try and keep the environment clean. Um, just Good for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Serious question, though. Between Kinzinger and McCabe, um, what I'm hearing from both of them is they want to silence people. They want the federal government. They want, uh, again, he's calling for mainstream conservatives to be spied on by, by our, our federal government. Don't you have to have a cause for such a, a, an intrusive constitutional violation? Last check, yeah, that's kind of how the law works, right? At least it's current form. But why am I even hearing from Andrew McCabe? How is he even on a network like CNN right now, earning what he does in, in that cushy job that he has uh, talking about ethics and talking about the law when this guy was fired from the FBI for leaking to the press and then lying about it and then lying to the FBI uh, when, when he was asked about it. So, it, of course, CNN hires him. I mean, what are you going to do to get fired around that place anyway, right? I mean, uh, do and got a happy ending after what he did. But that, that, that's what we're hearing now. Really, did you have to go there? Did you really have to bring that oh, up? That was a you poor know. choice of words. I shouldn't have got that. Okay, how did he not get the shaft? That's what I want. No, that's not good either. Carol, you want to take over? Man, yeah, oh, man. So, you, you, so, so I'll jump in with the Adam Kinzinger piece because I'm from Illinois, and obviously he got gerrymandered out of a job here. You'd think he might be furious about that and want to maybe take that to the airway but instead he's trying his uh, his interview to get to be a, a talking head and he'll say whatever he wants. I mean, the reality is on the left we have collectivism, we have this cult, and if you don't agree with them, you are persona non grata. And as you mentioned, Shania, these things are violations of the Constitution, but what have we seen over the last, multiple years. We have seen a quest for control and compliance. We have seen governments get in bed with mainstream media, the corporate press, big tech, to silence any dissenting voices. And that's what they want. If you are not going to fall in line, they want you to be basically considered an outcast from society. And this is what we need to stand up for today. And that brings us to, for example, the January 6th committee. Now, ironically, or sadly, or pathetically, you've got the biggest purveyor of election lies in the congenital liar, Adam Schiff. That's strike number one. Uh, they ignore Trump's words on January 6th. Many of you will now peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol so your voices may be heard. Um, but then I learned, and we'll talk to Mark Meadows in a little bit here, then I learned... Uh, from Mark Meadows and Cash Patel, who Cash in his case, you know, Mark cooperated with the committee. Cash testified before the committee that, in fact, we learned when I interviewed him on this program that Donald Trump on January 4th with the secretary of defense, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, that he authorized the law uh, for 10 to 20,000 National Guardsmen and women to be utilized. 
Now the question then becomes, for that to happen, the process calls for Speaker Pelosi and Mayor Bowser, Muriel Bowser, to sign off on the president's request. They didn't do that. Now the committee, their chairman, Benny Thompson, has said that Pelosi is off limits, Joe. And and also the sergeant-at-arms, who would respond to the request from Speaker Pelosi, his communications are not being called for by the January 6th committee. So... Um, if we really want to get to the bottom of this and make sure it never happens again, which I've been saying it can happen again, um, wouldn't they have to follow that road where it takes them? Because if you had 20,000 troops there, Joe, January 6th never happened. Yeah, it's a funny way to to try to execute an insurrection, right, by putting 20,000 troops in front of the Capitol. Uh, That that would have squelched it, of course, and that's the whole ballgame right there. But we're not going to have Pelosi ask those questions because Jim Banks and Jim Jordan uh, were barred from being on the committee. I mean, how could you call this bipartisan when the only Republicans that are on there are Kinzinger and Cheney, who are as anti-Trump as your average MSNBC host, right? So, look, the bottom line is that for four years, we heard leading Democrats say that an election was stolen, right? Hillary Clinton called Trump illegitimate. Jimmy Carter called him illegitimate. Half of cable news called him illegitimate. Uh, So it's funny how that works. Or Stacey Abrams right down in Georgia. She is the biggest media darling this side of Michael Avenatti, uh, you know, because why? Because she continues to say that her election was stolen. So it's okay when Democrats talk about stolen elections, but when Trump did it, well, it's a chilling uh, attack on democracy. It's like, come on, man. So now we've had two elections where half the country doesn't believe the other side won legitimately, and that's a big problem. Yeah, we also discovered, according to an affidavit filed in March, uh, the Capitol Police Department's general counsel, uh, the building is the Capitol is monitored 24-7 by an extensive system of cameras positioned uh, both inside and outside the Capitol, as well as near other congressional offices and on the grounds. They have 14,000 hours of footage between noon and 8 p.m. on January the 6th, and the archive was made available to two Democratic-controlled congressional committees, the FBI, the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department. After a request by Congress, the agency reportedly handed over the footage for the entire 24-hour period, and then Capitol Police also produced selective clips for the Democratic House impeachment managers, uh, but they argue making all the tapes available let alone to the American public and defense attorneys, could provoke further violence. Uh, excuse me, where's the transparency, Carol? It almost sounds like what happened in Epstein's cells. Oh, by, by goodness, the footage was missing. You know, either you want to be transparent or you don't, to pick a side. But this, we're going to cherry-pick the information and spin a narrative, whether it's the chain of custody in terms of counting ballots, whether it's this, you know, quote-unquote insurrection, which, by the way, nobody has been charged with insurrection, with people you're dressed up in role-playing as if they were going to a football game, um, you know, it's not the same set of rules, and you cannot have transparency, and you cannot have people united if both sides, or all three if you want to count independents, are not playing by the same set of rules. Unfortunately, that's exactly what it wants, and that is very transparent to me. What do you take, what's your take, uh, Joe Concha? I mean, where's the New York Times FISA uh, request for this? (laughs) 
New York Times. That's great. Uh, I, I can't get over the fact that the New York Times continues to be called the paper of record, yet they haven't endorsed a Republican presidential candidate since 1956. I mean, that's a long time, right? So, no, they're not going to pursue this. It would be too inconvenient. All right, quick break. We'll come back, and we'll continue more with Carol Roth, Joe Concha. Then your call's coming up, 800-941-SEAN. Then Mark Meadows joins us. Right, we continue with Carol Roth and Joe Concha. The question now is, you know, with this committee, now they, they have the biggest purveyor of election lies. They threw off Banks and Jim Jordan because Jim Jordan would be asking questions about Pelosi. How is there any legitimacy at all? I'll ask both of you the same question. How, if you really want this to never happen again, and I criticized this in real time on this program. I criticized it that night on TV I could, in the strongest terms. And I played it and replayed it last week. And if you won't, don't want it to happen again, and you had a president sign off on the troops, the question is, how do you avoid asking that question and have any sense of real legitimacy? Because to me, this committee really is about one thing, and that's... You know, to purge the political world of Donald Trump and all things Donald Trump. Otherwise, you would think that they might want to get to the bottom of, well, why didn't Muriel Bowser and Nancy Pelosi call in the guard that Donald Trump had signed off on? Carol, first. Yes, yeah, so I learned this in my SAT preparation, which I did very well on, is that sometimes you have to reject the premise. And I reject the premise that they don't want something like this to happen again. This is the best thing that happened to their talking points to be able to show you know, how bad and evil not only Donald Trump is, but the entire Republican Party is. And they love the fact that they have something that happened that they can take and blow up and make into a much bigger deal than not only it is, but then the uh, the average American cares about. I mean, all they care about is the political theater and trying to implement their control um, and coercion. And frankly, I think that they love that it happened. And so they want to pretend they're doing something, but not necessarily dissuade it from happening again. Well, Joe, we'll give you the last word. I mean, that's that would be sad considering, you know, you've got to protect elected officials. You've got to protect our institutions, just like we should have a committee on the 574 riots, show that killed dozens, injured thousands of cops, and caused billions in property damage from arson and looting. During the summer of love, and we were told they were mostly peaceful riots, right? And then you see, like, a CNN reporter trying to explain this, and then behind him it looks like the Nakatomi Plaza at the end of Die Hard. It's like, wait, how can you say this is peaceful? But, yeah, look, I think what we're dealing with here is a boomerang effect that we saw it with, with the ratings from Thursday, right? CNN, MSNBC go all in on January 6th with the, the, the hyper hyperbole like we've never seen before. And the ratings, they barely got a bump, you know? I mean, it, it, they didn't do well at all. All and I think that shows that the American people are much more concerned with inflation and crime and the border and Afghanistan, what's happening in our educational system, than they are about reliving January 6th because it is political theater. And just like Donald Trump's first impeachment, it's going to have that boomerang effect on Democrats, where it's like, what are you guys doing to make my lives better? Instead, you're you're, you're dealing with this theater that's solving no problems and doesn't do anything to prevent this stuff happening in the future. So yeah, I, I think this will backfire on him, Sean, Carol. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you both, Joe Concha and Carol. Always good to hear from both of you. Happy New Year to both of you. 
800-941-SEAN, toll-free number. You want to be a part of the program? Quick break right back. Your call's on the other side. Straight ahead. Deserves to know the truth about Congress. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Um, This is really, really scary. This is on CNBC.com. Okay, so it's fairly reputable. And and I'd seen reports, uh, Dr. Robert Malone, the guy that was the chief architect of the mRNA virus, Let me read from CNBC and what they put out. Major Chinese city locks down to control a COVID outbreak. Uh, It's called Xi'an, a city of 13 million. Central China entered lockdown uh, as of, I guess, Thursday of last week as authorities rushed to control a flare-up of more than 140 cases in less than two weeks. Anyway, the city is dealing with an undisclosed number of hemorrhagic fever cases, a high mortality disease transmitted by rodents they say i have no idea if any of this is true cnbc you know fairly credible um anyway meanwhile a broader COVID outbreak in southeast china uh began to subside this week but this major city with this flare-up resulting in a lockdown 13 million people and anyway so it's um, i'm looking and it's just something to keep our eye on um because we'd not have that before. And that makes that that sounds to me like the scary uh contagion movie style um you know disease that the world has feared like Ebola like for a long time. Uh you should see this stuff on Twitter and you can't trust everything you read on Twitter but literally they're describing it as people bleeding from the eyes, nose and ears. I mean, that would be pretty scary. Did you read that, Linda? And CNBC's covering it. It's not like it's just the crazy Internet. I'm sorry. Did you say CNBC? CNBC? Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not trusting it, but I'm just saying, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, okay, if this is true, this is really, that's really scary. Again, that's, that's, what's I that? just have a, a thousand doubts if it comes from China. Just saying. If well, it gets that's more where widely covered. That's where the reporting is from. Oh, yeah, by the way, the I, great I, Dr. Fauci, the Free Beacon, uh, reported. You know, you got to always, you got to give Dr. Fauci credit. He funded the NIH money going to the Wuhan Virology Lab, where it was well known they did gain of function research and coronavirus studies. Anyway, um, he also paid over 200 grand during the coronavirus pandemic for researchers to study why transgender women have higher rates of HIV by injecting male monkeys with female hormones. Why would we spend $205,562 for that? Why would we ever give a penny to a, a communist Chinese virology lab known for coronavirus and gain of function research? Does any of that make sense to you? Oh, one other thing. It was on Rumble. Dr. Robert Malone. Now, I know the media doesn't like Dr. Robert Malone. That's fine. The guy, you know, without whom we wouldn't have the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines that the media love so much. 
Uh, I guess he was on with Steve Bannon on Steve Bannon's podcast, The War Room, to discuss the latest viral outbreak. The communist regime is hiding the nature and spread of this latest disease, he says. They're using language that this is a hemorrhagic fever virus. If that's the case, then it would be very odd that this would be something caused by a coronavirus. That terminology is usually used for viruses in the family of Ebola. So this is something that many people have feared is the development of a rapidly spreading Ebola-like hemorrhagic fever virus. But we have no knowledge of whether or not it's what's going on here. Um, it's just it's just interesting to follow. There is a report I mentioned earlier in the program about Delta Crom, which has now been discovered, <clears throat> 25 cases of it in particular, Um at one particular hospital, have been reported. And anyway, an apparent coronavirus strain, this is in Cyprus, that combines mutations of both Omicron and the Delta variants, likely to be, according to this article, Yahoo News, likely to be the result of a laboratory contamination. Why do I always have suspicion? Whatever the initial story says, I always, I'm always suspect. Fears emerged over the weekend. The new strain called Deltacron had emerged from the so-called recombination event where two variants co-infect a patient and exchange mutations to produce a new viral offspring. Now, the scary scenario, obviously, would be if you have the contagion, the, the contagious aspects or characteristics of Omicron coupled with the lethality of Delta, that would not be a good com- combination. Um, by the way, John Castamides is a very smart businessman, multi-billionaire, and he runs a lot of the New York grocery chains. Um, Gristides is, I think he owns all of them, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Castamides, yeah. Yeah, Castamides, sorry. Um, yeah, and I met him. He's, he's a good guy. I've been on his show. And anyway, he's, he, uh, anyway, he's now predicting that meat egg shortages are now as Omicron disrupts the supply chain. All of this is happening. By the way, in Gavin Newsom's new budget in California, apparently they're planning to provide all illegal immigrants in California free health care. And here's something that most people don't know either. In New York City, they have now made it possible that non-citizens can vote in New York City municipal elections. Now, they add that to the list of issues now that you've got to add to, let's see, voter ID, signature verification, chain of custody controls, updated voter rolls, partisan observers observing the vote count start to finish, and now we have to worry about illegal immigrants getting the right to vote. Why would we have to fight fight that? The latest big push by the Democrats now is on election reform. Article 1, Section 4, the Constitution, the times, the places, the manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. Now, my point is, is Joe Biden is going to Georgia tomorrow. Now, Joe Biden has represented the state of Delaware for 500,000 years. Look at him. So not once did he ever bring up the issue of voting reform, voter accessibility for the people of Delaware. And that's why I say that the attorney general has politicized that office. Why is he going after Georgia? Why is he going after Texas for their reform laws? Now, in the state of Georgia, you have 17 days early in-person voting. 
17 days. In Delaware, you have zero. You have drop boxes in every single district in Georgia, voting district. You have zero in Delaware. Both states require voter ID. So why would the attorney general, why is Joe Biden going to Georgia to slam their election laws where Stacey Abrams still claims she's the governor? She she's in election denial. Oh, this is you, you can't have election deniers. It causes violence. Uh, well, what about Hillary? What about the dirty dossier? What about, you know, the congenital liar, Adam Schiff? They all push these lies, hoaxes, conspiracy theories. Um, and so there, so you have very, very restrictive laws in Delaware, and you have more accessibility in both Texas and in Georgia, and the Attorney General of the United States doesn't go after Delaware, it goes after Georgia, and it goes after Texas. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. We're going right to the belly of the beast, meaning Georgia. That's what you call calling the people of Georgia. Let me explain to you what they're saying. These voter ID laws are racist. They don't want voter ID. They don't want signature verification. They don't want they want 2020 every single year. If you want integrity, you know, then okay. so I guess we won't need photo ID to get into the Democratic National Convention, the White House or the Capitol ever again. James Clyburn's defending the federal takeover of elections cannot be left up to the states. The hell with that one line in the Constitution that says the manner of the states that I just read to you. Pelosi accuses Republicans of legislative continuation of what they did on January 6th. Schumer makes a plea for voting bill filibuster reform in a rare Friday session. So they want to get rid of the filibuster one time exemption. Yeah, one time. I believe that any any day of the week. Sure. Um, New York City Democrats grant voting rights to nearly one million illegal immigrants. One million. And that's the other push of the Democrats. All right, let's go to Natalie is in Texas. Natalie, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean. Good. How are you? Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. What's going on? Um, well, I just was wanted to call and, and kind of offer an analogy. I, I was concerned this morning when I got when I heard the news about how the administration's now going to start to dip up who gets health care, basically deciding who can get treatment for, for COVID. And I, I just wanted to, to draw the analogy that I, that seems to me like that's kind of classic Marxist socialist tactics where they make everybody believe there's like one pie, you know, we've got one apple pie and everybody's got to be divided into a group and figure out, Who's more special than somebody else? You know, who's older than someone else? Who's higher risk than someone else? And so they've got all of us fighting amongst ourselves for this piece of pie, and that's how they control people. And and it's um, America it, throughout history has been has been more based on the principles of how do we make as many pies as possible? You know, how do we make more pies than have ever been made in in history? So uh, another way of saying it is it's not a zero-sum game. That's right. The pie keeps growing. Just like you don't have to run out of, of COVID tests and therapeutics and antivirals uh, if you make enough for everybody, which at this point in the pandemic, they should be well ahead of. Right. But their goal also has to be freedom, freedom of choice, right? Their goal can't be how do we control people. 
right? If they've got yeah, no, listen, I agree with you. I, by the way, I believe in freedom. You get to decide yeah. on the vaccine, not me. You you got to you've got to read, research, check out, know your own personal history, talk to your doctor, doctors, and decide. I believe in medical privacy too, and I believe. I believe in text message privacy, but I guess that's a rarity. Uh, I believe in doctor-patient confidentiality. Uh, it, it, yes, and uh, and uh, so I just I just wanted to, to offer that analogy and just offer that we've got to resist this urge to let our government kind of decide how to divvy up resources, and that we we, do, we don't need to. With the United States of America, you telling me we can't operation warp speed the production of tests. Uh, monoclonals and of antivirals. We we had no problem when Trump left. None. We had all of those things readily available. Why did Joe let it run out? That's a good question. Well, I, I, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, I, I agreed. So that 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 was just my main point, and and I hope everyone can realize that that that's just the form of of controlling a society versus helping everyone live freely. Well said. I mean, I mean, you look at it. There's no excuse for running out of tests and therapeutics at this at this point in the pandemic, considering how long we've had them. None whatsoever. Uh, anyway, good call, Natalie. Uh, Mike is in Ohio. What's up, Mike? How are you, sir? I'm great, Sean. Thanks. Hey, uh, what I wanted to say was this. We all know it, I think. But uh, the world is a better, safer more lucrative, more profitable place, no matter where you are, when the United States is really strong. Nobody knows that better than the Chinese and the Russians. We've been their allies, for God's sakes, back during World War II. I mean, you know, so right now, I think what's happening, this is what I was telling your call, your screener, I really believe that China and Russia, even though they're showing signs of aggression in the Ukraine and then over in the South China Sea and all that, what they really want, what they're hoping to God happens, is that somebody in Washington, D.C. stands up and says, enough, we're drawing the line, and we're going to cross that line, so that discussions can then start, and they, everybody can look good and step back, and that thereby allow America, now that we would be perceived on being somewhat of a strong footing again, to actually get strong again, change the elections, get the right people back in office again, and let's move on because the world is going to become a really bad place as we so all. So you you actually think that China and Russia want strong American leadership? I don't believe that. I believe oh, no, that they're bad actors. I believe they're hostile regimes. I think Putin, although he said today that they're only going to be there for a short while, the troops on the Ukraine border. I think he has every intention of going in. Um, or if he doesn't, he wants to extract his, basically blackmail us and extract as many concessions as he wants from Joe Biden, who's begging him not, please don't, please don't go in, pretty please. And I think the communist Chinese have every intention of taking Taiwan after the Winter Olympics. And I think all of them combined, they have an unholy alliance now with the Iranians that are getting very close, according to my sources, to getting a nuclear weapon. And I don't trust any of these countries. Now, how do you fight back? I'm not saying that, that we're going to get into a, a war, but the way I'd fight back is I would break the back of China, of Putin's economy, and I'd do it by outproducing energy and, and supplying our allies energy. That would That's how I'd fight him.
If I was going to fight China the way I'd fight China, no troops. I would just, I would ban and get other countries, allies, to ban importation. Their whole economy is predicated on exports. And say, okay, you guys are going to be jackasses and fly your fighter jets over Taiwan airspace. No, we're not going to put up with it. Anyway, that's my take. Maybe you're right, though.